0: Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. God bless everybody here. Um, thank you for the opportunity to speak. Thank you to Pastor, his wife, brother, Justin, a Pastor, brother uh, Santamir, you know, the other pastor, and every, everybody. You know, uh, I' gonna start. I, we have a. We we went to uh, Mexico. Probably a lot of you already know. I went I went to Mexico a couple of weeks ago, and um, it happens without planning. It happens that brother Salvo Rodriguez uh, was going over there too. So we got uh, the, we had the opportunity over there to meet with. My family and his family, we all, uh, some of his family, some of my family come together, and we had a little, uh, a little service over there. But, you know, there is a, a great need over there for a good church, for a church like this. Um, there's many churches over there, you know, but people are tired of corruption and the kingdom of God. They're scared. Nobody wants to go to church because pastors and church people, they just don't live like they should be, you know? So there's a great need over there, but um, I just want to show a couple pictures of uh, what happened, a little service, a little, uh, we got uh, together over there in my, my mom's house, Ashley, and uh, we had a little Bible study, you know, everybody was, a few of them was there, and they were just listening, you know, something, something new, something they probably never heard before. You know, we're trying to show them there is a different way to live for God. There is a real way to live for God. You know, it, it doesn't have to be uh, corrupter. You know, there's people that really live for God, right? And uh, so there is everybody. We, of course, uh, Hispanic culture. You get together, you have to eat. That's <laughs> there's no question about that. So we went to. I went to the ocean. I, we have I have a, a few friends over there. They I, I bought some fish, and we all uh, they make some food, big, big fish, and um, we ate. We had a big, little Bible study, and after that we ate. You know, and uh, it was so. Uh, it, it was really good. You know, and, uh, days after that, I was talking to my brother, and he told me something that we were talking about in the service. You know, and I, I, man, I was so happy about that because I knew they were they were listening, I knew they were uh, putting attention to the word of God. You know, and uh, like I said, hopefully one day we can have a church there. But um, I, I have a, uh. And of course we have the Spanish ministry here, you know. We have like a Pastor say we have five nations there, five cultures. You know, even, even that we speak the same language, they different cultures. We have people from Guatemala, people from Colombia, Salvador, Honduras, you know. And the Spanish ministry is, is growing, the Life Church, Iglesia Vida, is growing, you know. Thank God. And uh, it's, it's not for us. You know, God has a plan for Hispanics here, for the Spanish community. God has a place for people that he is bringing into the United States doesn't speak English. You know, they need to be safe too. And, and when, I, when I say this about don't speak English, I not mean only Spanish. Right. How many more cultures there is that they don't speak English either? Uh, they don't speak Spanish, you know? And, uh, but uh, uh, Spanish, Spanish work at the Life Church is going good. I think it's going to be here uh, pretty close. We're going to have uh, the next step pretty soon next year. And uh, God is good. God is good. I have a a little uh, message here. And uh, again, I read some scriptures. And I just, um, like everybody knows, uh, English is not my first language. So if I don't follow with me. Because I might don't pronounce something very good, you know, like it is. But uh, uh, so uh, <clears throat> I' gonna start talking about. There was a there was a king. And this king' name was Ninra. He was building a, a tower. Uh, the the Babel tower. And um, they all speak one language, you know. That's how it started. It was one God, one people, one nation, one language. That's how it started. But they don't have the they didn't have the uh, the right uh, motor. you know. They they don't they wanted to be over there with God. They they, they didn't wanna the the. It was not like. Uh, Something for God, to worship God, to be with God, with the right mother. They just want to know who God was. They want to be in the same place that God was. And uh, so God didn't like that. He came down, and he uh, confused all the language. They give all these people different language, and that's how now we speak different language, the whole world. Uh, there's many languages. I, 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 to be honest, I have no idea how many languages there are. I don't know if anybody knows that, but, um, um but uh, uh, years, many years after that, another king came. You know, this king, name was David. It was King David, and this king loved God, like. I would say like nobody else before him loved God. And God was pleased with him. God liked that. And uh, God told him that he, his seed, his descendant was going to be a king forever. So we're going to read uh, Acts 15. We're going to read 16 and 17. And Acts 15, 16, 17. So, like I said, just follow with me. After this, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is falling down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, set it up, the uh, residue of men, my seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles up. On whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these, all these things. Amen. So, God already promised. He's going to rebuild on David's temple. You know, we are a different, we, we don't speak, it, it, it talks about Gentiles. Now, guess who is that? Me and you. If you not Israelite, if you are not Jewish, you Gentile. Sorry, that's how it is. <laughs> and, um, and but we are there. We have a God have a plan for us too, right? So even the that we do not speak the same language, you know, is to us to build another tower. Not a, not a physical tower, but a spiritual tower, right? When all nations that don't speak the same language, we're going to come together one day and we're going to speak the same language that is called the Holy Ghost language. That is the language that we can all speak without speaking another language. It doesn't matter. You know, I came to God in a, in a different language, when I came to God, I came to an English church. I didn't even speak English at all at that time. And, uh, but guess what? The Holy Ghost talked to me. And I understood that language. I understood the language of the Holy Ghost. And that Like I said, one day we all want to get together and we're going to speak the language. And even here at the church, we can all come together. It doesn't matter what nation you are, but you can come over here, get together with all these people who don't speak the same language that you speak and still worship God. Still worship God and the same spirit, the same Holy Ghost, Same Holy God that... I receive the same Holy Ghost that you receive. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And you will speak the same language and you will feel the same thing that we all feel. Hallelujah. Gloria a Dios. ¿Cuántos creen eso, hermanos? Thank you, Jesus. I want to read one more scripture. And I'm I'm about to be done here. I'm gonna read uh, Philippians 2 10 and 11. And it says, That at the name of Jesus, that's the king, that is the sea, that is who is gonna build the temple, who already built the temple, Jesus. It says, Every knee should bow, and things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ, the Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what language you speak. One day we all going to bow to Jesus. Hallelujah. And we better start right now. Glory a Dios. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. Hallelujah. I want to I wanna finish this little message. And I just want to encourage everybody here that doesn't speak, that speak another language. Start something with your community. Look for your community. There is not a, uh, uh, it's not, uh, you are here not for a coincidence. God brought you here. If you're from another country, God brought you here because he wants you to share his word. He saved you. And now it's our duty to go and, and find uh, people that speak the same language we do and talk to them about God. And, and don't, be, don't be, even if they don't speak the same language, you still can't talk to them. Your actions talk. right? And um, and you might say, well, I get a little bit nervous when it's not my language, and I can't speak very well. I know exactly what you're talking about, right? But I know, too, that you can do it. And I just want to encourage everybody to find somebody to share God's love. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you hear us in every language, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you're saving souls from every nation in every language. God is so good. I'm so thankful for the testimonies here today and just the presence of God. And I'm going to start this this portion with the familiar scripture, Acts 1-8, and then we'll go to Romans chapter 10. Acts 1-8, but ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. If you've got the Holy Ghost today, you've got power to be a witness to the uttermost part of the earth. And we're not talking about Samson's power. We're not talking about MMA fighting style power. We're talking about the power of the Holy Ghost, that we can do what Brother Lee said. I can go talk to a stranger. I can go talk to someone I don't, may not know their language perfectly, but I've got the power of the Holy Ghost that says I can reach someone to the uttermost part of the earth. That is why we're here today. Thank you, Jesus. What else does that power mean? Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 11. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. I don't ever have to be ashamed. I believe in Jesus. I can tell others about them. They may receive him. They may not. But I will never have to be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all, over all is rich unto all That call upon him. I can call upon him. You can call upon him. My neighbors can call upon him. My co-workers can call upon him. My uh, community at the grocery store can call upon him. He is rich unto all who call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear? Without a preacher. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. We've got the Holy Ghost. We've got power. We've got a command from God that said, Go into all the world. I have given you power to reach the uttermost, I have given you power to be a preacher. I've given you power to speak into others' lives to tell them about me. You've got power. And the only way other people are going to learn about it is if you speak it. With your actions and your words. You've got power. The the church of the living God, we reach all nations through the power of the Holy Ghost that God has given us. And we've talked a lot this year about the first century church. How we want to be a continuation of that church. God gave them power. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and they believed him and they loved him and they obeyed him. What did they do? They went and they prayed just like he told them to do, 120 of them, including the disciples, male and female. They went and they prayed and God poured out his spirit. God gave them the power to be a witness, he gave them the power. So what does God do? He told him, I want you to reach the uttermost part of the earth, not just here in Jerusalem, not just Judea, not just Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. So what does God do? Let me show you what it looks like, he says. I'm going to bring them to you. I'm going to bring them to your neighborhood. I'm going to bring them to your back door. I'm going to bring them to your job. I'm going to bring them to your grocery store because you've got power to reach the people that I have connected you with. He showed them what to do. It was right there. Everyone say, I've got power. We've got the Holy Ghost. We are disciples of Jesus Christ. And we've got power to reach all nations. It wasn't an accident. Nothing happens by accident. Brother Lee talked about first there was one language. That was the plan of God. And then God changed his plan. It's like they just want to be like me. They want to be God. So I'm going to confuse their language. And so he confused the language, but he still had a plan for the world. He still had a plan for the world and all nations to worship him and all people to serve him. So God brought the nations to the disciples. He brought the nations to Jerusalem, and Peter preached on that day, and thousands were added to the church. Thousands, not just from Jerusalem, but thousands, including the uttermost. In the first century church, there were diverse talents there were diverse skills diverse personalities everyone didn't get along everyone didn't look like each other some of them had accents and they could barely understand each other they were different there were professionals there were religious leaders there were fishermen there were servants people who worked at the market people who shopped at the market there were philosophers. People were always who were seeking something mightier than they, but they didn't know God. It was diverse. But the disciples went and they multiplied. And there were more disciples, and priests became disciples, and more women became disciples, and the older became disciples, and the younger became disciples, and they connected with the world right there in Jerusalem and beyond. And beyond. We know about a few people that came to the Lord. You know, the Samaritans came. They were 100 miles from Jerusalem. But God reached them right there in Jerusalem. And they got to go back to their country and tell people about Jesus. We hear about Barnabas, who was from Cyrene, over 800 miles from Jerusalem. But God reached him. He obeyed God. He believed God. And he began to reach. And he got to go on missionary journeys with the Apostle Paul. The first century church is full of stories. What about the Ethiopian 4,000 miles away from home, and God reached him in the desert. God spoke to Philip and said, I've got got someone I want you to meet. I've got someone I want you to tell about me. So Philip obeyed, and the Ethiopian obeyed the gospel, and he took the gospel message back to Ethiopia. It's still happening. We've got Sister Eve. We heard her testimony today. She's over 5,000 miles away from home. Sister Eve Baniski, she loved God. She prayed. She went on pilgrimage. She didn't have truth, but she loved God. God saw that hunger. So he planted her here in Kansas City, 5,000 miles away from home. And he connected her with disciple Kara Hearn. She saw Kara's life. She said, I want what she has someone who believes, someone who lives like a Christian, Brother Ali. She said, I want that. I don't know about that. So God saved Sister Eve. And you know what she did? Through the unction of the Holy Ghost, a few weeks later she was going back to Poland to see her family. She said, i got to tell my family about Jesus. I've got to get a Bible study. I've got the power of the Holy Ghost now. And I get to go make a disciple in Poland 5,000 miles away. She's got the power of the Holy Ghost. We've got the power of the Holy Ghost. Because disciples, we reach all nations. It starts here. Where we're at. It starts here. Brother Lee talked about him and Brother Rodriguez. They Happened to be from the same state in Mexico, over 5 million people and few churches there and none in the area where their families live. They tried to reach their family through our, our technology, but God called them there for a specific week in November. And their family called and said, I need you to come home. They came home. They introduced their families to each other. They, they taught a Bible study. And we're believing that God is going to build a church in that port city in Chiapas, Mexico. Over 19,000 miles away, 1,900 miles away from Kansas City, God is doing a work throughout the nation. The, the same thing is happening. We saw five different nations represented here. We've got the nation of Sudan represented here. We've got the nation of Oneida. This is the uh, tribe from the Native Americans that's represented here at the Life Church. He's not just the church, the God of the Life Church. He's the God of the nations. And we've got the nations represented right here, right here. We don't have to go far away, but we can. The Cantrells and the sportsmen are here today. They've uh, they've given given into the call of God to go outside of the United States. But for many of us, we're not going to go anywhere. We're right here in Kansas City. We're going to reach the Polish here in Kansas City. We're going to reach the Hondurans here in Kansas City. We're going to reach the Nigerians here in Kansas City. Sister Albion, we're going to reach the Jamaicans here in Kansas City because God has nations here, and we've got the power of the Holy Ghost to go and reach our nation. I stand in awe of our marvelous creator. He created the world. He created you. He created me. By design we now have different cultures. We all look different. We talk different. We eat different food. We have different languages. But by design he loved the world. He said I'm going to reach the world. They're going to learn how to be unified through one, through me, through Jesus Christ. He's going to reach all nations. His plan is diverse, diverse. His plan is for us to be together in heaven. I just want to read these the titles of the cultures represented here. We've got the British Isles, Sister White, they're going to be around the throne in heaven. We've got the Canadians, they're going to be around the throne in heaven. Sister Jessica, the Colombians are going to be around the throne in heaven. El Salvadorian, the Filipinos, the Ghanaians, the Guatemalan, the Honduran, the Indian, the Iranians, the Italians, the Jamaicans, the Maltese, the Mexicans, the Nicaraguans, the Nigerians, the Oneda tribe, the Polish, the Sudanese, the U.S. Americans, as the Venezuelans and the Cinnabon tribe. We're going to be around the throne when we get to heaven. And the only way, the only way is if we go and reach our nation. We have the power of the Holy Ghost. We are disciples of Jesus Christ and we are going to reach our nation.
2: Come on, let's celebrate that church. That's the church I want to be a part of. That's the church I'm excited about. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Vanita. Thank you, Ali, for challenging us today. And let me just give you a visual of what's happening, uh, what God's doing, what God wants to do. And what he's doing right now. So, last week, I would like for Jackie to stand. Jackie had a worker come to her house. She hired someone, and this gentleman was hungry for God. And, Leon, I'd like for you to stand. Brother Leon, he's the newest member of our church. (laughs) And Jackie gave Leon a short Bible study about the Holy Spirit. And guess what happened? The Holy Spirit fell and God baptized Leon in the Holy Ghost. That's all you need to just take it. That's a picture right there. (laughs) That's a picture right there of the mercies of God and the grace of God. Thank you so much for standing. What if Jackie would have said, well, you know, Leon, he, he doesn't look like me. He's from a different culture. He's, you know, what if Leon would have said, well, what, what's this lady going to tell me? Well, you know, what, how's she going to help me to know something more about God? See, when you're hungry, you don't care who's feeding you. <laughs> when you're hungry for God. And I, that says it all. Jesus was asked the question, who is my neighbor? And then he told the story of the good Samaritan who, when the Levite and the priest, the religious people, walked by this man who had been journeying from Jerusalem to Jericho, and that's a, that road descends 4,000 feet uh, speaking uh, topologically. And it's a very tr- it was a treacherous road in those days. And it was known to be rife with robbers and thieves. And sure enough, this, this, Jewish worst, this Jewish man was beaten, the Bible said, half dead, and robbed and left to die. And a Levite walked by. He served in the temple. A priest walked by. He probably gave the sermon on, on the Sabbath. They didn't have time. They didn't want to get polluted. They didn't want to have to go through purification. And they didn't want to touch him. They saw him. They walked by him. And here comes the most uh, surprising person to minister to this Jewish man. You want to talk about racism? Racism. You can't find it as sharp, perhaps, anywhere as it was in the first century between the Jews and the Samaritans. And this good Samaritan, who's supposed to be the bad guy in Jewish theology, goes and serves the man who's supposed to be the good guy. Now, there's a turnabout. And this, this good Samaritan sees him. He does triage. He assesses the damage. He has uh, oil and wine. Oil is for the internal wounds. Uh, Excuse me, wine is for the internal wounds and oil for the external wounds. And he has bandages. This guy's a walking Walgreens. (laughs) He's ready. I mean, who has oil and wine and bandages? And then he's ambulatory. He's got a horse or a donkey. He puts him up on his own beast. And now he's walking. And his arch enemy in the culture is riding. And he takes him to an inn. And he stabilizes him. He pays for his keep. He says, I'll be back. I'll settle up if anything is owed. And then Jesus turns to the man who asked him the question, who's my neighbor? He said, who is this man's neighbor? In other words, is it the Levite? No. Was it the priest? No. Was it his, the hated enemy? Yes. i want to tell you today, life will surprise you. The people that you don't have time for, that you think would never want to have a conversation with you, life can surprise you. My wife and I took our first trip out of the country to the nation of India. Now, we'd been to Canada, but that doesn't count. She grew up in Arkansas. That doesn't count. Uh, (laughs) We went to India. You talk about culture shock. And my good brother, Anuj, back here, my Indian brother, uh, so vital part of our church today and my disciple, and I'm celebrating him and Talisa and Angelie today. But landing at that airport in what used to be called Bombay, it's called Mumbai now, my pastor told me he's been there. He said, now keep your wife close to you. He said, there's thieves and cutthroats, and you'll have to get from the international airport to the domestic airport. And when we landed and we saw all of those dark faces, with their noses pressed up against the windows looking for their relatives. I think they figured out it wasn't us. And then we saw our driver with the name Gleason. It was like, oh, thank God. And he took our luggage. He got us in the car. And as we pulled out of that airport, there were Brahma bulls laying in the road and people using them for pillows. And it was about midnight, and they were asleep for the night in the middle of the road you talk about culture shock and i've been to three worlds fairs and i never saw anything like that and yet to this day you know how we feel about cp thomas those people got a hold of us to the point where we went back seven more times and maybe we'll go again but you talk about a precious people that are hungry for God and India is one of the nations that is primed for one of the greatest end time revivals and you and I are a part of that. Here's what I'm saying to you. If you want to be used of God, what Vanita just told us, I want to add one thing to the description of the Holy Spirit. Not only does the Holy Spirit give you power to be a witness, but the very essence and the nature of Of the Holy Spirit is two things. The Holy Spirit is built for adventure. The Holy Ghost is not built to be boring, to be predictable, to be routine. The Holy Ghost is a spirit of adventure, it wants to go on adventure. I know I've told this, but I'm 65. I get to retell my story, so just deal with it. So there was a $20 bill and a $1 bill, and they're going to be decommissioned, and they're bouncing down the conveyor belt. And the $1 bill looks over with admiration at the $20 bill and says, where have, all you, where have you been in your career? He said, oh, I've been to the Eiffel Tower. I've been to the Grand Canyon. I've been to the Louvre in Paris. I've, I've, I've been to Washington, D.C. I've, I've been to Tijuana. I've, I've just been all over the world. He looked at the $1 bill, he said, Where have you been? He said, Oh, I just go to church. That's not my offering message. Here's the idea. Do you have a $20 bill of the Holy Ghost or do you have a $1 bill? Does your Holy Ghost ever get to go on adventure? Does your Holy Spirit ever get to go have fun? Do you just pray for people at church or do you ever reach out and pray for somebody on a street corner or at the office or at the airport or or at the grocery store or somewhere? Come on. The Holy Ghost that operates in here, it'll operate on a street corner. It'll operate in a kitchen table. It will go anywhere that you're willing to take it. The Holy Spirit is looking for adventure. Don't just take it to church. Don't be boring. Take the Holy Ghost with you wherever you go. The second dynamic of the Holy Spirit is it is a missionary spirit. The Holy Spirit is a missionary spirit. Turn to somebody and say, the Holy Spirit's a missionary. The Holy Spirit is a missionary spirit now listen, we're not all called to be missionaries in a classic sense. Our sweet Ken and Jenny Cantrell are leaving I think this week and they've been with us a few a few days and it's been wonderful to connect and have fellowship and we've had some meals together and we've enjoyed that so much. God clearly calls. Someone to be a missionary. Let me tell you how you know you're a missionary. You'll eat something other than just hamburgers and fries. Which, that's sort of the perfect meal, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's salad in the hamburger, right? And, and bread, and anyway. So, you know you're a missionary if you can adjust to other foods, That's how I know I'm not a missionary. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I got to think of what I shouldn't be saying right now. And so, well, I'll just tell you. So C.P. Thomas, we go over to meet Raman, the king of all the tribal kings and all the tribals, two million tribal people in India. And we traveled 25 hours on flights and layovers and then eight hours in a bumpy van ride. Not a smooth 10 feet on any road that we rode on. Just just bumped your brains out for eight hours. We get out of the van. We're walking up a mud path. It literally was beautiful. And CP says, Pastor. Now you preach gospel to the uttermost part of the earth. (laughs) I thought, oh, just what I need, a host with a sense of biblical humor here. (laughs) And so we meet the king, Raman, he was gracious. I've showed you his picture. And Danny Torres was sitting right right next to me. And the king snapped his fingers, and here comes this guy with a, a whiskey bottle full of honey. And it looks dirty and dingy and nasty. And the top of it, where you drink from, was broken. It was sharp like a, like a knife. And he's talking to me through the interpreter, and he says, Oh, it's a custom in my country. We give our special guest a delicacy of India. And I'm thinking while I'm listening to him, You know what? I'm not the missionary here. You know, God didn't call me to die drinking a cup of honey. You know, you're supposed to drink the honey from your native land, not from, you know, that's, that's how much I know about honey. And so I thought, I, I received it. I was like, oh, oh, thank you. Beautiful. Well, it's customary in my country that I prefer my friend for him to. <laughs> I'm like, Daniel, eat anything. <laughs> and so the king was really impressed. Oh, what a sacrifice. He's giving that to his friend. So I thought, "Woo!" got out of that one. (laughs) And Danny was like, loop, 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 loop. He he helped. So I know I'm not a missionary. Matter of fact, when my wife and I went to India for six days, we ate out of our suitcase. Of course, later we we, uh, moved on from that and did a little bit better. Missionaries have the ability to connect with people who are not like them. It's a God-given gift. If you could see the Cantrells in their element, you, you'd be so suitably proud. How they respected, how they're loved. How they handled the Fulani, which is an unreached, not anymore, but previously an unreached people group. I'll never forget pulling up at the Wendell Gleason Training Center and seeing all those ladies And family sitting there outside the wall. And Jenny goes out. She says, come on in. And these are displaced refugees. I think 20 million of them from all over the world. And some of them ended up in Burkina Faso. And they bring them in. And now God's filling them with the Holy Ghost. And they're being baptized in the name of the Lord. And so missionaries connect with people. But there's one more thing. There's one more thing. You know you're a called missionary if you're willing to lay down your life. Some of us don't know if we are or not, but missionaries know. They know. Missionaries know that they're putting themselves in harm's way, missionaries know they're leaving their families behind. And they're putting their life at risk. I've never talked to the Cantrells about this, but I guarantee you, if you ask them after church, are you willing to lay down your life for West Africa? They won't even hesitate. That's, we've, we've already done that. We've, we've already given our lives away back at the turn of the last century there was what was called the coffin missionaries who packed all their earthly belongings in a wooden a plain pine box and shipped it over to along in the cargo ship with them and this was perhaps their last time to see their family as they'd wave to them at the dock as they pulled away they're not coming back they didn't get to come home every four years like our missionaries do they're going they're gonna go die They're going to be buried on foreign soil. And this is the attitude, the spirit that God gives missionaries. You know, so far I haven't said one thing I came prepared to say. But I want you to stand with me. I just try to obey the Lord here in this moment, in this flow. And I would would love for God to... To talk to somebody today about what you're doing with your life. What are you doing with your life? Wouldn't you like to at least have one adventure? Wouldn't you like to have one story, one testimony? I think about, again, circling back to Jackie. You know, her husband's past. She lost a grandson. Angela's here today. All this loss. And now, to have this opportunity to share her life, her story with somebody who doesn't look like her. But there's no doubt that Leon feels the love of Christ through Jackie or he wouldn't be here today. This is, this is how the kingdom of God Jackie went on an adventure. She could have sat there and just wrote him a check for his services and wished him a, you know, a happy Thanksgiving and, and let him go on his way. But no, there was hunger there. There's, there was adventure there. And missionary, cross-culturally sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, years ago, we had a family in our church named Ron and Hilda James. Anybody remember the James? The James gang. What awesome people. Ron, they're African American and he grew up in Brooklyn and the reason I loved him is because he's a Minnesota Viking fan. That's another story. But I told him one day, I said, Brother Ron, I'm going to confess something to you today. It's easier for me to approach people of other cultures with the gospel than it is even to approach people of my own nation he said hey what's up pastor g i know that's true because that's the way i feel about it too he still got that brooklyn thing and when he said that that like gave me permission I don't know, It just something happened to me. And I want to ask you a question today as we close this service. Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? Are you just comfortable with people that are just like you? Or would you like to go on an adventure? The Holy Spirit in you is a missionary spirit. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. The Holy Spirit is a missionary spirit because God is a God for all nations and for all people. Mm. Let's lift our hands and let the Lord talk to us right now. Lord, we just surrender to you we lift our hands to you lord we thank you for the gospel of jesus christ thank you lord for healing the nations that were corrupted at babel that brother ali did such a good job of bringing us back to lord and through the power of the holy ghost Lord, you've made us one nation and one tribe and and one people and one language under the banner of Christianity, and we thank you for it, Lord. and And thank you, Lord, for Venita's message today that someday we're going to gather around the throne, and and Lord, we're going to be there from every nation and every kindred and every tribe, Lord, and every people group are going to be there, Lord, at the Lamb's at the at the the supper of the Lamb, O oh God, and and we thank you for it, O oh God. We worship you today, Lord, and I just pray that you'll convict us today, that you'll inspire us today to reach beyond, Lord, our nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't have to go across the world, across the sea, but Lord, you brought the nations to us. Amen. Let's pray over the nations of Kansas City. There's 66 of them right now in Kansas City. Come on, somebody intercede for the nations of our city. In the name of the Lord, we thank you for a nation of a great city. Lord, we thank you for the nations in our great city kansas city lord of the united states of america right here in missouri and kansas lord and we thank you for this great metro lord and you love our city you love the heartland of america you're wanting to do something lord right here lord at the crossroads of america lord you're wanting to do something extraordinary and unusual Lord in these last days and Lord we're the church that can do it we're the people that you've called to do it oh Lord in Jesus name 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 Lord, thank you for loving our city. Thank you for loving our nations. Thank you for loving our
0: families. Oh, thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.